It feels good to be coming off some wins. What's up, everybody? Tommy Glasgow here. Welcome to the Holy City Hoops podcast. Thanks for joining us. Cougars are back to their winning ways. I know last week was tough with those losses on the road, but the Cougars just needed a trip back home to go 2-0 on the week. Wins over Elon and William and Mary this week by an average of 17 points. Pretty dominant effort by the Cougs. Here to break it all down this week is my guest, Cullen Baldwin. You know him from his previous appearances on this show, as well as his work on the Holy City Hoops blog. You also might know him as the guy freaking out on the sidelines when Jalen Richard is on the fast break. He is here. We have a lot to discuss. The bench played excellent this week. Grant Riller and Jarrell Brantley did their thing. There is a serious conspiracy involving the baby race at halftime during the William and Mary game. Stay tuned for that. And very exciting news. Everybody's favorite player, the captain, Joe Cheely, is getting his NBA call up. We're going to spend the end of the episode talking about that, what it means for the school and for the program and for Joe. So stick around till the end. Last thing I'm going to throw out there, I will be in Charleston this weekend. I will be at the Towson game on Saturday. If you're listening to this, hit me up. Come say hello. We'd love to meet y'all. I'm very excited to get back to Charleston. I'm very excited to get my John Crest bobblehead at that Towson game. That's exciting. But before we get into it, a quick reminder to do us a solid. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, rate, comment, review, all that good stuff. But up next, me and Cullen Baldwin on the Holy City Hoops podcast. All right, Cullen, this is your third appearance on the show. You've just taken over Everett German for most appearances. <laughs> Where does this honor rank in your lifetime achievements? Uh, it, it's got to be up there. I think this, um, right? I don't know, I might have to throw this one at the top of my resume. I'll have to do some reflecting on it later, but uh, that's definitely uh, something worth noting to future employers, I guess. <laughs> walking across the cistern is 1a appearing on the holy city hoops podcast is like 1b right and yeah and i didn't even get to walk across the cistern my graduation was one of three that have ever been rained oh, out you so. were one of the rainouts. yeah so i guess i got to walk across td arena which yeah. um you know might be more special to me than some others <laughs> <laughs> true true yeah good week for the kooks we were just talking about it uh good to be back in the wind column again huh yeah, it's awesome. You know, it's it seems like this team is, um, you know, Coach Grant's been preaching, you know, getting back to the fundamentals, playing Charleston basketball. And and I think this week was evidence that we're on track to do that. And hopefully we can maintain that momentum playing uh, two games at home this this upcoming week. Definitely seemed like the defense was better. The turnovers, which I know were a huge issue at Northeastern and Hofstra is trending in the right direction. What do you say we, we start with the Elon game? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, so that, that game, Elon, a lot of guys were getting asked about it in, in the pregame leading up to it. Uh, Marquise Pointer was the one who came out and said, it's a must-win game. So fortunately, the Cougars took that. It was a must-win, and they did win it. Pretty convincing win. It was good to see them kind of pull away at the end there. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it, it was great to see, you know, Keese came out and said that, and then he kind of backed it up um, with a more traditional Marquise Pointer game with six points and five assists. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's more of what we need to see from him moving forward as he's getting, uh, I guess, acclimated with the, the starting role that he's taken over again. And, um, you know, if we can kind of get that productivity out of him on a nightly basis, I think that would be, you know, huge coming down the stretch uh, late in the season here. He did. He did have a he had a good couple of games this week. Uh, I know yeah. Coach Grant had said, you know, he's not a guy who has to take a bunch of three point shots or a lot of field goal attempts. Just run the offense, defend, 
do what you do and we'll be fine. And it really paid dividends in, in both those games. Definitely. Yeah. It's, um, you know, when he does show up and shoot, uh, you know, make the big threes like he did against Northeastern in overtime last year, I'm not complaining, but uh, coach Grant's exactly right. We don't, we don't need him to be the superstar every night. He's more of a facilitator for our team. Exactly. So Elon comes in, arguably one of the three worst teams in the conference. They played Northeastern and Hofstra kind of tough. And I know after our game, they went up and beat Wilmington, but you hope to get an easy win against them. The offense is sometimes tough to stop. Tyler Sebring in that UNCW game, I saw he got like 32 points. But mostly right. him and, and Santa Ana were held in check this game. Uh, Sebring has 16. Santa Ana has 13. Charleston defense holds Elon to shoot 40% or lower. 17 turnovers. So I, I was very happy with how the Charleston defense kind of showed up and seemed locked in a lot more than they had uh, in that Hofstra game. Yeah, it was I mean, it was awesome. We held him to 53 points, right? So yeah, I think I think Elon was averaging 70 on the season, um, you know, and, and that's something that we've seen in the past from the Cougs is, you know, holding these teams well below their season average, which was a great sign um, coming off of, I think Coach Grant called it a renovation period here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that was awesome to see. And, and offensively, we got some production from from some younger guys, especially the Jalen's at the same time we shot 48 percent from the field never going to complain about that um three point shot probably could have been a little better but take what we can get as long as it's a win yeah well let's talk about the Jalen's because yeah they were both highlights that I noted in, in my game notes here Jalen yeah. McManus came out of nowhere four for four from deep 12 points didn't miss a field goal all night that was pretty nice to see yeah, that was great. He, um, I mean, he had all of TD Arena on their feet uh, at one point. I think people were recognizing that he is a three-point shooter, and when he came out, clearly had the hot hand. Uh, people were getting into it. The bench was especially into it. You know, I, I don't know why he didn't get to stay in after that. I was, I was interested to see. You know, he, maybe he was going to make three or four more of those and and have a career night. But um, I guess Coach Grant kind of left him out of the lineup lineup after that just for matchup purposes. Yeah, he was he was flamethrowing. Uh, and it's been a while since he's taken some threes. I, I, he's been kind of playing inside, and his scoring's down since Sam Miller kind of has eaten into his minutes a little bit. Uh, right. So that was awesome to see him come out, shoot it with confidence four times, and I thought he played well otherwise. Yeah, yeah, he played great. It's been awesome to watch him develop his post game a little bit more. He's getting aggressive and driving to the basket and – um, that's something we had not seen in his first two years in Charleston, but you know, his game's coming together nicely and clearly, you know, when his three point shots on it's on and, and uh, he's going <laughs> to make the other team pay for it. Yeah. He's kind of been trending. Cause at, at the beginning of the season, he was exclusively a three point shooter. He would come in and just jack up threes. And then he turned into more of like a, the Jarrell Brantley sub where he was inside a little bit. He was trying to take some smaller guys down low. And in this game, just only three-point attempts, but hits every one of them. Yep, not going to complain about that. (laughs) Jalen Richard, meanwhile, uh, also did not miss from the field. And Cullen, he had a dunk in this game that was pretty legit. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I saw we sit down there on that baseline and I, we saw the, the steel right there at half court and he's coming our way. And it's like it was in slow motion. <laughs> he's coming to the basket. And I knew, you know, I was hitting my buddies on their shoulders. I was like, this is it. This is where he catches the bodies. He's going to put a couple of guys in body bags here. And he went up and the place went nuts. And and I I think I took the shape of a lunatic. Maybe I am a lunatic for for that brief period of time. But um, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> he looked like a freaking free safety in football on that steal. Like he was just, I think, who is it? Elon's point guard got doubled. And Jalen Rashard just jumped up, like yep. way, way up to to snag that ball. Goes down the sideline and just let that one rip. Uh, he <laughs> had a couple. He had a couple dunks in that JMU game on the break. And he, now it seems like he's good for one of these like steal and and breakaway dunks every game. Yep. But this one with uh, with two defenders on him and after the the play to get the steal was was pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that. My brother's actually a football coach, and and I took him to the game on Saturday against William and Mary, and, and he said that guy could play free safety. He's got great closing speed and, and a yeah. lot of range. <laughs> so yeah, for real, accurate assessment on your part, I guess. <laughs> I mean, does he need to be the honey badger? Because the 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 honey badger namesake is is a safety, right? Right. Yeah. Um. I think I think we do need to settle the the Jalen nickname for good. Uh, my vote was Durham Dunker. Um, I like Durham Dunker. Yeah, I think my friend Luke on on Twitter he said Jr. Flyer, also yep. a great one. I'm sure something will come to us before the season's over, but <laughs> you know he's quickly yeah. making a name for himself. So I saw. So he has said in the past that he's number zero because of Gilbert Arenas. So somebody okay. had thrown out Agent Zero, which is a good one. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, there's there's a couple contenders there. For, yeah. for Jay Rich. Maybe we'll have to take it to a Twitter poll or something. That's the scientific way to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that dunk, though, he, like I said, he didn't miss from the field. Three for three, one for one from the line. Yeah. So the two Jalens combined for 19 points. When you can get that from them, take that every day. Yeah, that was great. Especially Brevin had an mm-hmm. off night. So typically more times than not Brevin's been the third scorer for the team this year and I guess when he was off the Jalen's were able to pick up the slack there and, and contribute 19 points you know and and I think it's worth noting with uh the Durham dunker that he's getting his like one and one per game yeah. maybe more yeah. he's incredible at just getting to the basket and forcing contact on his way yeah, up Yeah, he I mean there's, there's times where I kind of turn my eyes when he's driving into like three defenders by himself but every once in a while, yep. he he does it, and he'll just hit it off off the glass and go to the line. And he's a he's a good free throw shooter. Yeah, yeah, he really is. And how about this? While we're on the subject of the bench, a rare Isaiah Moore sighting uh, in this game, which was yeah not something that anybody was expecting. No, you know he's been phased out as we've gotten into conference play, but I think he came in and scored four points, and it's nice to see him get some minutes, get acclimated with playing in the CAA, because I think he will be a guy we go to a lot more next year. Four points in four minutes. Talk about efficiency. Yeah, yeah he was. That is efficient. <laughs> he, he made his only field goal, which was that dunk off the uh, the Sam Miller bounce pass, and then he went two for two from the line. So yeah, good night for Isaiah Moore. Yeah, great night. New haircut, too. New haircut. Yeah, I didn't recognize him right away. I, th- I thought Osanachi Smart had lost like 200 pounds <laughs> when he first came in. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about Sam Miller, too. He had a good weekend overall, um, so we'll talk about him in the William & Mary game as well. But he's really starting to find himself. His minutes are going up every game. He just brings a different element. Uh, 
than Nick Harris has. Um, you know, not as polished defensively as Nick, but offensively, we saw scoring off the pick and roll. He's not afraid to shoot a three. What'd you think of his game? Yeah, his game was great. I've I've really been fired up by him just purely with the effort plays, a lot of hustle out there. Like you said, he isn't as polished as Nick. There were a few times in the William and Mary game where where Nathan Knight kind of backed him down and had his way with him, but he does bring another element to the offense. He can shoot the outside shot. Just a lot of fire though. You know, I think that was part of what was wrong. And I think y'all talked about it in another podcast with seemed like maybe the team was lacking a little bit and um championship drive Mm -hmm. fire that they're looking for and and he seems to be one of those guys when he gets down and forces a jump ball or he's scrapping on the ground for a loose ball it tends to get the rest of the team fired up yeah coach had talked about using the bench more as an energy source Mm -hmm. um because that we all know the cougars have these scoring lulls these droughts where either they're up and they let somebody come back into it or they start a half kind of slow and coach grant said he's like I'm quicker to pull Jarrell and Grant if they make a turnover or I'm not seeing the the energy level from them. I'll pull them out and I'll put Jay Rich or McManus or Miller in. They'll scrap and claw and, and do something to, to get us some energy, and then I'll put the stars back in. And, uh, you know, he was true to his word this weekend. He did it in both games. Yeah, the bench has actually been great. I can hear him talking sometimes, and um, I think it's Blackman. I have not. My my ear is not trained enough to spot exactly who it was, but somebody is keeping a rebound count for every player on the court. Uh-huh. And uh, each time somebody comes down with a rebound, they scream out, you know, that's two, that's three. Um, <laughs> so the, the bench is doing their role over there and, and keeping the guys fired up. And, you know, Coach Grant was saying that we needed to get back to our roots of strong defense and rebounding. So I think that uh, that was a good point you made there where I guess the bench is acting as like a a little extra home court advantage even on the road. Yeah, it's good to see. Well, we, we shouldn't overlook what Jarrell and Grant did do in this game. Jarrell had a huge night against Elon. Goes for a 21-14 double-double. Wasn't hitting from the field, especially in the first half, but overall, he goes two for five from three, gets to the free throw line a bunch, and I thought from the jump, Jarrell was just all over the court in, in this Elon game. It's, it's a good matchup for him because Elon doesn't have a ton of, of size, so Jarrell can kind of just have his way, and, and Grant obviously did his thing with 17 points. Yeah, and Grant had seven rebounds as well, yeah. I think. Um, but uh, yeah, there was a, a scout sitting in front of me, actually. Ooh, from and, what team? Um, he was not from a team. He works for like an agency. And um, what he told me is they have 40 players in the NBA, 160 worldwide, but kind of peeping at his notepad <laughs> and the the notes were exclusively on Jarrell. We got to talk and he asked me what I thought about Jarrell and everything. And I was like, dude, don't listen to my opinion at all because <laughs> I'm incredibly biased. But um, I will say the the scout, he was getting restless when Jarrell was settling for perimeter shots. And when he'd drive the basket, do that signature spin move and force an and one, even the scout was fired up. He was, <laughs> he was, uh, he's like, that's what he needs to do more of. That's what he's best at. And that's when he's yeah. at his best. That was cool to hear. He, I I didn't catch his name. He told me he played for UConn. Uh, he was an All-American in 1962, I believe. Oh, man. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. around then. Well, that's <laughs> no, that's me good. Neither. <laughs> I mean, if if I was talking to, an, to a scout about Jarrell, I would say look at his stats when he plays Power 5 teams. Like, look at his stat lines against right. Auburn, LSU, Oklahoma State. Like, always plays up to the level of competition. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting that you what you just said about him getting to the rack – because he almost yep. flipped a switch in the William and Mary game, which we'll get to, but 
for a while, it seemed like him and Grant were avoiding contact and they got a little too comfortable with just either that mid-range jumper or like a floater right before they get that defender under the rim. And then both of them, about midway through the second half of that William & Mary game, were like, I'm getting to the rim, I'll get hacked, and I'll go to the line. And they play so much better when they can do that because they, they both have such physical advantages over other CAA defenders. Right, yeah. Grant's got the hang time, and then Jarrell just has the pure strength. Nobody's stopping him on his way to the basket. Yeah. If, they, if they keep that up and just stop settling for, for shots when they don't need to and just put their head down, they'll be fine. Yep. Only other note I have from the Elon game, 12 turnovers, which is still above average, but after those Hofstra and Northeastern yeah. games, love to see that that low. Right. Elon's defense is not going to intimidate anybody, so I was hoping it'd be under 10 in this game, but 12 um, is certainly better than the week before. Yeah, it's, I mean, did we have like 15 in the first half against uh, Northeastern? Yeah, it was, it, was, um. it was something above like our, yeah, like our game average was surpassed in the first half. Right. So 12 is not what we're looking for, but it it was an improvement and it shows that we are getting on the right track here and improving on the way to, you know, tournament time there in March. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you have on the Elon game? Uh, No, I think that's about it. Good crowd turnout for a a Thursday night. That was great to see. I think probably close to 4,000 people there. That was. And I think the William and Mary game was almost a sellout. Yeah. William and Mary was packed. That was a awesome crowd. That's what the baby race will do, man. That's what it was. You know, I I didn't tweet it to you, but we might have like a I'm calling it the baby gate scandal of uh, 2019 here. There was a, a kid capable of walking out there, which I believe is against the rules. That's BS. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, just absolutely torched the field on, on its uh, feet. But um, I don't think that that baby was allowed to win. Um, but we're calling it baby gate 2019. That's yeah, that's a scandal. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I did see a clip where the PA guy was like, apparently one of these babies is taking their first steps right now. How, how? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Even the even the um, yeah, the PA guy, he he commented. He's, I think he had to point it out for legality's sake there. Yeah, is it good on him? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's yeah. fair. It's got to be a crawler who wins that. Right. Agreed. <laughs> Well, yeah, the crowd the crowd was obviously engaged. I had marked, I had, I had said on Twitter that I loved when the student section was chanting airball at Justin Pierce. Like, it's a, right. it's a little thing, but I don't see it that often anymore. I, I know it's something I did when, when I was in school, but just to ha- to be engaged enough to know what a player has, has done and to stay on them is just it, beautiful. Yeah, it was great. I mean, unrelenting in the second half. They were <laughs> really it and then and, he shot another one right yeah he shot another one which i mean that put them they were in a frenzy at that point which was great to see and unfortunately we kind of missed out on that and when i was in college just because uh you know we were going through that down period right before grant came in and coach grant that is and the, the intensity started to pick up towards the end of my college career mm-hmm. there but it is good to see that they're getting back into form and they're becoming a cohesive unit over there in the student section yeah love to see that but yeah, William and Mary, you know, going into this one, again, another team that's kind of struggling in the CAA. They had, they had lost four in a row right. coming into this game, which seemed hard to believe. They got off to such a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, always a tough team to defend. They shoot a ton of threes. And if you close out too hard on the three, they do those, that backdoor cut that we were victimized a few times yeah. uh, in this game. Obviously, a ton of talent with Nathan Knight. He's one of the CAA's best players. Justin Pierce, uh, I think, came into this game struggling a little bit, but he played he played fine uh, despite the the airball chance. Right. 
but another night where where the Cougar defense kind of showed up. Yeah, it was great. I, I I think that's definitely worth noting. Holding William and Mary to 59 points is no joke. Mm-hmm. This is a team. I know it's a completely different team than last year, but last year they shot 80-50-40, and they were the first team in NCAA history to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And they score serious points. I mean, we went into a 95-point over game with them last year in the in the regular season finale. So uh, holding this team to 59 is definitely worth mentioning, and and I thought it was a pretty complete performance by the whole team. Yeah, yeah, holding them under 60 is huge um, because of what you just said. And that's with, you know, I, I don't think Coach Grant would even call it a perfect defensive performance. No. There was a few times where guys, I, Sam Miller gambles on a steal on Nathan Knight. Nathan Knight just threw down a massive dunk. Oh, yeah, that was nasty. Um, <laughs> a couple, couple guys got caught on that back door. You know, you just turn your head for like one second and they can they can burn you. But even with you know, giving away some points there to hold William and Mary under 60 is really good to see. Jarrell Brantley had a dunk or had a block on a Nathan Knight dunk attempt. Probably one of the sickest plays I've ever seen from him. Yeah, that was disgusting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought the ball was going to go through the court, actually, when it when it was on its way down, because he hit that thing so hard. He I could hear it, it from the opposite opposite side of the court. Yeah, he, he punched and Pointer got a got a block on him, too. Nathan Knight got blocked a couple times. Yeah, yeah, Pointer had a, or no, it was Grant had a scrappy little steal on Nathan yeah. Knight going up for a, what he thought to be an easy dunk, and um, Grant came from behind him and just stripped it out of his hands. Yeah, yeah, he did that a couple times where he was the last line of defense and, and stole the ball. That was that was good to see. Yeah, And then, yeah, offensively, you know, a little bit of a slow start to begin both halves. William & Mary goes out to an early lead. I think they hit a couple threes in the in the opening few minutes there. Charleston starts the second half kind of slow, but going to the bench again, everybody who entered the game scored at least two points. Yep. 18 bench points. Zepp Jasper, our our boy, everybody's favorite player, finally got back in the scoring column for the first time since that Delaware game. Had two points, uh, four rebounds, three assists. Not a bad night for Zepp. And then uh, Sam Miller, another productive game, seven and three. Yeah, uh, it was great to see Honey Badger back in the scoring column, like you said, and Sam came out there. He kind of added a good change of pace defensively. I, I know that Nathan Knight's probably the second hardest, aside mm-hmm. from Jarrell Brantley, Nathan Knight and uh, Devontae Kaycock are the two hardest big men to, to cover in the CAA. Maybe Eric Carter from Delaware in there as well. You know, but Sam held his own for the most part. It was great to see that. I think he even chucked up a three that I thought would go down. He's not afraid to, to yeah, he's not afraid to shoot. Yeah, I mean, it's great just to see. I think a lot of us had high hopes for him. I mean, he was recruited by Archie Miller at Dayton uh, when, when he had his thing mm-hmm. going there. So uh, clearly a, a great talent and a, a guy that I think is going to contribute for us very nicely here coming down the stretch and, and especially next year as well. When Marquise Pointer was whipping passes to Sam Miller on a pick and roll, I almost passed out. <laughs> like, I, was, I was like, where has this been all year? Like... This pick and they look like like Devonte Kaycock and Kai Taves throwing right. lobs to one another, except it was just like a bounce pass, wide open dunk for Sam Miller. Like I think it was like three times in a row. Yeah, yeah, it's a foreign element to to some of us CFC fans that don't see that too often. It was <laughs> great to see. I, I was like, you're you're not just setting a ball screen. You, yeah. you're, you're, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Marquise Pointer had a couple good plays. Again, just just running the offense. He had that play where he was. Uh, it was like a three-on-two with him, Riller, and Galloway running the break, and he found Galloway in in stride for a three. I think that was part of that 10-0 run. It's just like, oh my god! Like, yep. 
no offense to Zep, but I don't know if he can see those plays developing yet. And uh, Grant has kind of not not taken on the point guard duties as much. So to see that was uh, was just awesome. It lo- our offense looks so much better. Right. Yeah. It's. Um, I mean, seeing everybody produce. Uh, you mentioned Grant taking on point guard duties. That reminded me. The scout was also talking about Grant and and how impressed he was with his. Uh, you know, just one is athleticism, but two is ability to finish down there underneath the basket. Um, mm-hmm. But he said, you know, he's got the body of a one, but plays like a two. That was his one yeah. complaint there. So I think moving forward, if we could see him step into the one a little bit more, uh, that could, you know, raise his stock when it t- comes time to move on. I think for sure. I think Coach Grant was giving him those point guard duties early on, partially because Zepp's only a freshman, but right. I think uh, he knows what Grant's future is in, in pro basketball, and he needs to give him some reps uh, with point guard. For sure. Those two uh, and ones that Grant hit at the end of the game to ice it, just sick. Yeah. Yeah, he was fired up too. It was good to see, especially Jarrell and Grant. I think they're recognizing their role as the senior leaders here. Um, mm-hmm. I guess Grant's technically not a senior, but sort of is. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, he. Um, I thought that maybe there was a little... Uh, I got, uh, maybe they're getting a little too lackadaisical when things were when when we were going off the the tracks there for I guess four yeah. out of five games, but mm-hmm. um, they are fired up and and it's great to see. I think that's that was part of what was missing so much and and um, they're recognizing Joe Cheely's not here anymore. That senior leader's not here. It's our time to to step up and lead by example. Sometimes playing William and Mary and Elon's defense is uh, is all you need. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Grant Riller always destroys William and Mary. I think I, I pulled it before the game. I think he averages like 27 points against them for his career. Right. Just got to be more than anybody else. He obviously had that game at TD arena against them last year where he went off in the first quarter for 28 points or whatever it was. Yep. On he the hit, 21st that, birthday. Uh. <laughs> yeah. He hits that half court shot to force overtime up there last year. And in that game, he goes 24 points on 14 shots. He was hitting threes four assists he was just all over the place he just torments them yeah <laughs> almost yeah, feel they, bad they, for him <laughs> their message board is like what are we gonna do against this guy like we can never we can never stop him right yeah and i think i saw somebody was like overly confident about it they were like if we can shut down grant they don't have any other second options and i was like all right well one we do have jarell brantley and two you're not gonna shut down grant so <laughs> yeah <laughs> gotta figure that, something else out you know how i feel about that fan base right <laughs> They're, yeah. they're they're my UNC Wilmington. Right. William and Mary to you is UNC Wilmington to me. <laughs> right, right. Um, Jarrell Brantley, another double-double, second straight game, 18 and 11. And like I said, seeing him go to the basket a lot more was just very, very much a relief. Right. Yeah, that's his game. I do respect that he can shoot the three. It hasn't been there as much as it was last season, but... Like the scout said, he's at his best when when he's driving to the basket and using his his natural size and strength to to finish those difficult and ones or at least get to the line because he is a good free throw shooter as well. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, going back to the turnovers, they did have under 10 in this game. They had nine. So to go from 16 a game or wherever they were at to 12, then to nine. Good sign. Again, William and Mary's defense has always been pretty soft, but Uh, At least the Cougars weren't giving them any extra scoring opportunities. Right. Yeah, that was nine turnovers. That was beautiful to uh, turn around and look at the scoreboard at the end of the game and see that. (laughs) Yeah. So two two wins by double figures, both of them pretty convincing. Both of them, the Cougs, pull away late. Was there anything else on William & Mary before we talk CAA stuff? 
yeah not so much um i missed i and i never saw like a replay of it i, I went up to use the restroom and i missed a jalen richard and one and i was a little upset about that but um it was there'll uh, be plenty more to it, come <laughs> yeah it was just one of those straight line drives and he he kind of pulled a grant Riller where he just bounced off a guy in air yeah. and and tossed it up and it off the backboard off the square and in that was sweet it was nice nice yeah i heard yeah. the roar and i was like if i missed a dunk i swear <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't sleep you, you got to make sure you're watching all uh seven of his minutes right. every night <laughs> you never know what'll happen uh so we were talking about the standings a little bit the same day of the william and mary game hofstra northeastern and delaware which are the three teams above cfc they all won as well so cfc doesn't gain any ground but Drexel and UNC Wilmington, who came into Saturday tied with the Cougars, both lost. So right now, Charleston is in fourth uh, by themselves. Yeah, it's. Um, I think we'll see maybe by the end of this week, assuming we can continue winning here. I know Northeastern has to play Hofstra on Saturday. And at this point, I almost think it's better if Hofstra just continues to win. I don't know at this point if they're going to drop three games coming in to where, or four games, I guess, where we could catch them. Um, yeah. So it might be better if they just keep winning and then we can get help sliding into that second spot. Um, but that's a game for for any big fans out there. I think they play at seven on Saturday. So you can probably tune in after the, the home game at four o'clock. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think um, just giving Northeastern another loss probably helps right. us more. Hofstra is not going to drop four games. So let them get the one seed and then any losses to northeastern and delaware just help the cougars uh cougars have an easy week coming up jmu and towson are two of the other three worst teams right. in the league jmu you're trying to get some uh some revenge on after we went up and lost to them in harrisonburg but uh yeah i think Hofstra's all but clinched number one so you're just going for two at this yeah, point and i think i think you and i texted about it this morning if you know if Hofstra came into td arena undefeated riding their nation's longest winning streak and we could snap it there even mm-hmm. better. <laughs> that would be yeah. that would be sick. Yeah, that would be that would be nice. Uh, that game's on Valentine's it Day. Is, yeah, could be a, a Valentine's Day massacre or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Never, never wish for a massacre, but maybe in this case, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, keep in mind. I mean, Hofstra still has to play the CA tournament far from home yep. in Charleston's backyard, and don't forget they lost their first game. They lost in the quarterfinals last year to UNC Wilmington. Right. So, some sometimes the short bench teams or you know teams that aren't totally locked in they can if they if you come in with a big streak you might let your guard down in that first round i mean it can happen yeah i think you know last year when we lost to william and mary in the regular season finale i almost think that was a good thing to get the team refocused going into the tournament um always scares me when you're riding a win streak going into something like that oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah so that's about all we've got on the uh on the caa I wanted to talk a little bit about somebody who is no longer at the college, but is still playing basketball. Take it you saw the Joe Cheely news today? Of course. Yeah, I'm pumped. <laughs> awesome. So for anybody who hasn't heard, we're recording this on Sunday. Joe Cheely got the call from the Hornets today. He has been recalled from the Greensboro Swarm, the Hornets G League affiliate. So he's been playing in the minors. He's been playing very well. I think he's averaging like something like 16, 5, and 4. Or something yeah. he's the best player on yeah, that 16, team. Yeah, 16, 5, and 4. Yeah. Yeah. He uh so JP Makura, the other two-way player on the Hornets, uh, spent a couple days with the team earlier this year. Uh now they've exercised their right to pull up Joe. 
what do you think of uh, of the opportunity that that Joe's going to get? I mean, one, I'm just super excited for him. I think we all have a soft spot soft spot in our heart for Joe Cheeley. Uh, you know what he did for our program, and he stuck with us through it all. Even you know he went through a coaching change, and he went through some tough times at CFC, but. You know, he he ended on a high note, really was the centerpiece of the rebuilding of this program. So, you know, couldn't be more happy for him. Um, plus, he's getting to – he has Tony Parker and Kimball Walker as his two mentors there playing point guard. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that can't be a bad yeah. thing. Kimba's probably, you know, one of the most underrated players in the NBA. And then Tony Parker is obviously a legend that uh, I think could really mentor Joe into how to transition from playing mid-major basketball all the way up to – now he's in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. I'm just hoping Joe gets a shot. I think Makura, you know, got some garbage time, but he did score. They they left him in. So hopefully for Joe, I know they play the Knicks. They would have played the Knicks by the time this podcast comes out. But uh, if Joe can get in, just get a bucket, say he scored a point in the NBA, uh, he'd only be the third Cougar to ever do that after Anthony Johnson and, and Andrew Gaudelock. So, I mean, the story for Joe to go not only undrafted, but not even at a training camp until the last minute right. to playing well in the summer league, to earning a two-way player spot, to now being in uniform on an NBA basketball court is just, it's so yeah, awesome. It's incredible. I, I think I'm going to go ahead and bite the bullet and buy a Joe Cheeley jersey too. I do it. And not necessarily a Hornets fan, but at the same time, <laughs> Joe's my boy. I'm just curious on your thoughts as far as like what the future, what this holds for the future of CFC. I mean, I know this will be a great recruiting pitch. Anytime you pump out NBA talent. um, I think it speaks a lot to our talent development as well as, you know, he came in as maybe a two-star recruit if that. Yeah, he's a two-star. And now he's, now he's in the NBA. I mean, a lot of that has to come down on coach Grant and, and the rest of the coaching staff and developing some talent there. Yeah, I think I think Jarrell and Grant have just as much of a chance as Joe did too. So I mean, yeah. there's three guys that the coaching staff has developed into NBA caliber players. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think absolutely to have Joe's picture up on a wall along with Andrew Gadelock in their in their NBA jerseys is uh, is definitely a recruiting tool. I don't know how many teams in the CAA have that kind of NBA pedigree. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I don't know. Northeastern has yeah. um from the Mavericks. JJ Barea. They have him. Oh yeah, Barea. Yeah, that's that's going way back. And I guess uh Navy was in the CAA when David Robinson yeah, yeah, played. That's true. That's true. We <laughs> no, always have no David longer, Robinson. Yeah. And no C- longer a member CAA, of our glorious conference. <laughs> C- CAA legend Doug Wojcik played at Navy. Right. <laughs> uh yeah, no, I'm trying to think. Um, he who must not be named. <laughs> right, right. We don't bring him up around yeah. here. Uh yeah, who else? William and Mary, JMU house and yeah i mean that that's pretty good uh yeah pretty good selling point for the program and and like we said obviously happy for joe yeah i guess um this coming year maybe jarell kaycock might get a shot we'll see mm-hmm. uh who possibly could be like the yeah. walmart brand uh, luka Doncic or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah he's oh, been developing mean. in europe this whole time he's the first round pick yeah people would fall for yeah. it i'd be interested to see what happens with kaycock nathan knight when he graduates he'll he'll have a good chance there's definitely talent in, in the CAA for sure. and uh yeah Kai Taves young freshman yeah he's been um, good it's gonna suck dealing with him for four years <laughs> hey I, I meant to ask you I know this is a College of Charleston podcast but nice little win for the Citadel for your boys over at El Cid over VMI I saw the buzzer beater yeah that was great to see um 
I was telling my brother, I think the Citadel could be the only team this year to have an eight game winning streak and eight game losing streak. Yeah, um, yeah, they're on a little uh, little skin. I haven't checked the stats on that one, but um, I might do some digging if I get bored. But, you know, it was awesome to see them. I, I th- Duger Balcom used to coach at VMI. VMI yep. So and you get the, the so military cool. thing going a little competitive. Spirit. Right. Yep. So, yeah, that was cool to see. And McAllister Fieldhouse was, you know, actually full for once. Yeah. That was cool as well. <laughs> that is kind of rare to, uh, yeah. to see that. Um, yeah. All right, Cullen, you got uh, anything else you want to discuss before we get out of here? Um, you know, I'll give my usual spiel on, on fan turnout. Thursday, we got the blackout at home. Obviously, wear black. The man in black will be ready down there on yes. the side of the court. He's he's ready for a blackout he's 11 always times ready. out of 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He lives for this night. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Saturday we got a game at four as well. So um, I'd love to see the fans turn out for that. It's retro night and and Coach Crest bobbleheads will be given out. Um, who doesn't want a Coach Crest bobblehead? I mean, so, I am I am flying down from D.C. to get my John Crest bobblehead. That is yeah, not a joke. I am, I'm going to be in Charleston this weekend <laughs> and I'm getting a bobblehead like it or not. So worth it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's about it. You know, I'm, I'm excited for what the rest of the season holds. We're getting into crunch time here. And and uh, before we know it, we'll be uh, in North Charleston Coliseum ready for the tournament. It's almost February, and then it'll very quickly be March. Yeah, it's hard to believe we're already halfway through conference play. And, you know, obviously, what, two-thirds of the way through the season? It's crazy. Yeah, it's flown by. Always does. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Cougars just need to keep winning, uh, keep stocking these wins over the, the not-so-great teams and – hope that Northeastern Delaware and Hofstra all, all kind of slip up. Yeah. I think, um, you know, that's another thing is really, I think we have our chance to play Northeastern and Hofstra again. We need some help on Northeastern, but you know, Delaware closes the season at Hofstra and at Northeastern, I believe. Mm, yeah. um, so, you know, so if it comes down to, you know, where we're in a, a tight situation with them, maybe we can sneak into that third spot, but you know, I'm hoping we can lock up number two by that point. Yeah, we still get to play Delaware in Delaware. Uh, we handle them pretty easily at TD Arena. Like, I, I agree, they haven't played the toughest schedule yet. Right. Um, so, yeah, you hope that uh, you beat them and you have two more chances against Northeastern Hofstra. Maybe you win one of those two as well. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, Cullen. Well, as always, appreciate your time. Uh, and we'll just leave it with saying, go Cougars. Absolutely. Go Cougs. All right. <laughs>